Hi, I'm Sam Candy. Welcome to Sustain Talks. Today, I'm joined by Ben Clifford, Associate Director, Global Health, Safety and Sustainability at Fidelity International. Hello, Ben. How are you? Hi, Sam. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. Really interested to hear more about your background and how you got to be doing the job that you're doing. Yeah, so um, I've, I've always um, worked in the, the sustainability arena, uh, started off of studying environmental management at university um, and then yeah I've worked across a number of um, different sectors in the field, um, starting out at a, a manufacturing company that made PVC windows through to kind of the, the, the defence sector into technology um, and now working in, in, in finance sector as well, um, covering sustainability as a topic and then also, as my job title says, uh, health safety uh, as, as part of that. So, yeah, it, it's an area that I've always worked in. OK, and um, Fidelity is obviously quite a large company. Can you tell us a little bit more about the business, how many buildings, because um, that will really set the scene for the conversation today? Yeah, so so um, I work for Fidelity International. So Fidelity International cover a number of different geographies. Um, again, our head office is, is based out of the UK. We have um, 40 offices across 25 different countries. Um, so mainly in Europe, uh, APAC, India, um, and, and, and more recently, uh, Canada as well uh, is now part of the, the Fidelity International groups. In terms of what we do, uh, very much a kind of uh, financial services company providing um, solutions and, and advice to varying types of client, whether they're corporate or individual um, in, investors. Um, and again, sustainability is, is core to our business. Um, so we do a lot of work on sustainable investing. Um, and then from in, in my role, it's really looking at the, the, the corporate sustainability side and how we approach it as a corporate. Right. OK, so um, let's talk about that a bit more, um, your job and your role. So day to day, um, what does sustainability mean to you? Is it reducing emissions? Is it setting targets? Is it looking at the energy in your building? What what, what the kind of things are you working on? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, to, to give a bit of background, I joined um, Fidelity around three years ago, um, and again, it was it was a kind of newly created role uh, in terms of of looking at our, our corporate sustainability element. Um, and, and in those three years, uh, we focused on a, a number of different areas. I think the, the priority at the start was really getting our, our, our policy and, and strategy and, and governance approach right. So. Quite early on, uh, we created the the Corporate Sustainability Committee, uh, which is kind of the the, the the senior management forum where we we discuss our strategy and our, our purpose as a business in terms of sustainability, uh, and also put in some of the the kind of systems and and processes that will enable us to look at what our kind of environmental impact is as a company, assess that, and then look in uh, at some of the programs in which we can can improve. Uh, in terms of our performance. So uh, we've done a lot around um, data collection uh, over that period. So uh, we've really expanded the scope previously. Company was very focused on the UK, mainly because that's our biggest uh, impact, but we, we, we've um, expanded that, that kind of data collection and 
calculation of our, our emissions and, and, and other environmental indicators to, to a global approach. Um, still on a journey, still areas that we need to improve in terms of that and, and, and the scopes that we, we, we include within those, uh, those metrics. Um, but again, really good starting point to allow us to to look at what we need to do as a company to, to improve. So uh, once we've done that kind of data gathering exercise, um, that allowed us to, to make some commitments and, and set some targets around what we want to do and, and how we want to improve. Um, so uh, quite early on when we established the, the, the Corporate Sustainability Committee, uh, one of the, the, the first commitments we made as a company was to set our net zero carbon goal. Um, so I think it was uh, back in 2020, we, we, we made that commitment to be net zero for our corporate operations. So again, uh, when you're looking at Fidelity, because we are investment management looking across all the value tech chain, there's different elements to our, our, our carbon footprint. Uh, and we've set different kind of net zero goals for those different areas. So we have the corporate operational goal, which we, which we originally set for for 2040, we've, we've recently brought that into 2030 now that we've got better data and a better understanding of, of what our footprint is. But we're also setting uh, commitments in terms of our investment side as well. So uh, recently we've set a, a commitment to be net zero by 2050, but also to half our investment emissions by 2030. It's, um, it's interesting you say that there's been a lot in the press recently about some very large organizations that are setting net zero goals and some research has been done saying that those companies aren't going to be able to get there so like you've gone through this process you obviously really look at these measurements um and like for companies they, they have to track that really closely right yeah, exactly. And, and I think I know the report that you're talking about as well. So, um, I, I, again, I think um, and, and this is one of the reasons we've taken slightly different approaches for, for, for the different emissions we have. We know we've, for, for example, on the corporate operation size, we've got a really good handle of, of what our emissions are and how we can impact them and how we can change them. On the investment side, again, we've set a more long-term goal because we know that there's still a number of unknowns in, in relation to to, to how we manage that and, and and again how we capture the information again data is 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 for me one of the most uh, fundamental things when you're looking at um, a sustainability agenda and having that data to show that you are are improving um so again some of that um in the investment side is a lot more difficult to 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 consolidate and and, uh, and assess than it is on the the, the operational side where again we've, we've set more ambitious targets yeah um I, I take it that travel forms a big part of um the emissions in your business right yeah so um when we did the um the analysis of of, of our, our kind of corporate operations um we looked at uh, again all of our scope one scope two and some of the scope three and one of the scope three areas that we did look at was business travel Looking pre-COVID, because COVID's had a, a huge impact on, on, yeah. on a number of our different emissions back to, to 2019, which we, we've set as our baseline year because it kind of best reflects um, kind of business as usual in a, a non-COVID world. Um, when looking at those direct um, kind of operational emissions, uh, business travel was 40% of those overall emissions. Wow. Um, so it was the, the, the second largest be, be behind electricity use. 
So <clears throat> the electricity use was 50%. So if you look at electricity use and, and air travel, that's 90% of our kind of operational emissions. So again, we've dedicated two specific targets in terms of energy and, and, and business travel uh, to tackle those. Because again, that's where we're going to have the, the, the material impact. Yeah. So what have been the biggest challenges um, in trying to be a more sustainable business? Um, there's a, yeah, a number of different different challenges. One uh, which discussed there is, is around the data. Again, um, I, I say <laughs> if, if you're not keeping score, you're just practicing. So you, you, you're, not, you're not actually uh, measuring what you're doing. Again, you can't assess how in, in initiatives that you, you implement impact uh, the overall mission. So I think data and having good data is, is key. Uh, again, we, we've done a lot of work recently to, 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 to look at that, but there's further elements that we need to improve on. Uh, example is, at the moment, we don't have good data around home worker emissions and, and what, what kind of materiality they are compared to our office emissions. So that's an area that we're currently working on to, to define that, that, that process and, and how we, we, we capture it. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the data is an important aspect of that. Um, I, I, I don't always think it is difficult to be a sustainable business. I think sustainable practices help you be a better business. Um, it's something that we see on the investment side is companies that have strong kind of ESG or sustainability performance tend to perform better as companies. So I think they do go kind of uh, hand in hand. I think the the difficulty we face at the moment is, is very different to the one that I had previously in, in early stages of my career. So, so very early on, we had to kind of fight to get sustainability on the agenda. I think now sustainability is on the agenda for, for, for the majority of companies. Um, it, it, it's, it's a common language. People understand it, understand climate change and, and some of the risks we face as, uh, as, 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 as businesses, but also as a wider society. So um, I think that that battle is is, is kind of won. I think that the, the next biggest battle is really helping people understand on how they can contribute to a to to um, a, a more sustainable future. I think one of the, the questions I get asked a lot by employees or or, or peers is we, we understand that we we need to do something. What what can we do? Uh, and again, so it's just explaining those. Um, different kind of options that people have, uh, and again, business travel is is is, is a great example. Um, a lot of it is around choice. So, if someone, for example, is uh, doing seven business trips a year, can we uh, look at how they're traveling? Can they use alternative means? So, uh, a lower carbon alternative. So, instead of flying, using kind of a, a train for for, for European uh, kind of transport. Or can we look at those seven trips and consolidate them into two or three trips um, and, and, and combine kind of the activities and just be a bit more smarter around how we travel, which again could half the emissions associated with those original seven trips. So I think a, a lot of it is, is making sure people are aware that they've got these choices, but also aware of what impact that, that, that choice makes in terms of, like say, things like CO2 emissions associated with the trips. Yeah, um, it's interesting what you say. So I recently did a poll um, and asked what the bi biggest challenges were. And people said they don't know where to start. 
but it really is just start by seeing where all your carbon emissions are and measuring it and you know for us we we get that for for most businesses they're like measure what measure it where measure it how you know there's a lot of companies out there that are helping but for smaller businesses to go and measure their data what what are your recommendations how they do that so I, I, my, my, my recommendations is, is focus on the ones that you can directly impact. So things like, so if you're looking at your carbon footprint, your scope one, scope two, uh, again, what, what you use in terms of gas, what you lose in, in terms of electricity, you should have good data around that from your kind of energy providers and you can target those and, and make meaningful changes. When you move into scope three, that becomes more difficult um, and again, um, it's really looking at which ones of those are materials. So we've, uh, again, really focused on, in terms of our scope three, our travel, our waste, uh, uh, emissions associated with the waste we produce, the, the, the water that we use at site, again, because we can get good data. So really focus on the ones where you can get good data and you can have a direct impact, because then you will see the improvement. I think once you've done that initial stage, then move on to the more kind of complex areas like supply chain where again it can be really difficult to get granular data around um, uh, emissions associated with it a lot of it is done on estimations based on spend and again the only way you can really reduce that then is by reducing spend so uh, again when you're looking at supply chain maybe target your top kind of five uh, suppliers work with them to get the more granular data and work with them to see how uh, again the, the the services that you're provide uh, they're providing to you uh, you can reduce the emissions associated with those yeah i hear a lot about that working with suppliers and i know that so many procurement people are putting in more questions around supply chain and their emissions and their impact um are you starting to put a set of questions in and you know a lot of people say oh it's just a tick box and is it being checked thoroughly yeah yeah, I mean, in, in terms of our, our supply chain, we're, we're really focusing on kind of three areas at the moment. So so one is um, kind of ESG uh, monitoring. So we've uh, recently um, implemented a tool called EcoVardis, which is helping us do that. Again, EcoVardis is quite a good platform because, it, um, it again, rather than suppliers having several different questionnaires with similar questions but slightly different um there's there's one platform that that various suppliers can use and they can use um the, the information from that so again um that that's the the starting point to understand how sustainable our supply chain is but back to the, the what you were saying we need to use that information as well so as part of that that questionnaire we can use the the emission data we can look at the kind of our spend with that supplier and then have a look at how that affects our, our kind of carbon footprint as a company and looking across the, uh, the the value chain so it's really about using that information the other area we're focusing on on supply chain is around supply diversity i think um it, we're really conscious that uh, we want to have a, a, a diverse supply chain and um again it's very easy to always go to the large um, providers in in a certain sector or a certain region. But what what we've really done is embed within our kind of supply selection process 
um, that that diversity aspect. So uh, we we um, offer it at least to one diverse supplier, and they have a chance to to, to kind of um, contribute on that, on that aspect. And then the, the kind of final one in terms of supply chain is being a, a kind of responsible client. So that that's really about. Um, do you know what I mean? Especially for for some of these smaller businesses, making sure that we're paying them on time. That uh, again, that the, the, when they invoice, they, there's a smooth process there, so we can, can manage that. So again, those are kind of the, the the three areas that we're looking at. So I think it's both looking at what the supplier performance is in general, how they can impact our emissions, but then also how we can work with them and help them to to, to develop as well, especially with those those smaller uh, suppliers and yeah. companies. I'm, I'm hearing that so much more. It's about a collaboration. You know, it used to be terribly the, oh, we'll pay them late. And now it's really changed, actually. And people are thinking a lot more about let's help the smaller suppliers and the SMEs on that journey to come alongside with you and see if you can help them and guide them and educate them. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what are, you know, you've obviously been working hard over the last few years um, putting this together. What are your goals for 2022? So um, in, in terms of the the, the, the 2022 goals, um, and, and maybe I mean, I, 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 we can focus on our 2024 goals because uh, what we did um, last year was, um, uh, well, uh, uh, at the early stage when we established the committee is, we really wanted to look at uh, again. We set this this long term commitment to be net zero by twenty thirty. Um, but what we, we we need to do is have some interim goals to make sure that we are on track to achieve that that long term target and give kind of integrity to, to that long term commitment. So um, um, using kind of twenty nineteen as the the baseline year, we set a kind of five year program um, to reduce some of the, the the key environmental impacts that we have. Uh, so some of them I've mentioned. So we set um, for for energy use a, a 25% reduction over that five-year period um, for carbon emissions. Again, covering scope one, scope two, and part of our scope three, uh, including business travel, to reduce by 25%. Also, uh, business travel, um, we felt that we could be more ambitious, so we set. Uh, um, a 50% reduction target in terms of uh, uh, business travel and specifically air travel, because again, that makes up the, the, the large proportion of our, our business travel. And then we also looked at other kind of key uh, environmental impacts as well. So as we looked at the data and um, did our analysis around the different sites, uh, we set targets in terms of our waste. So we look into increase our recycling rate up to, to, to 80%, but also reduce the overall waste by, by 25%. Um, and then we're also looking to reduce um, water use, uh, again, by 25%, and paper use as well, because we use a lot of paper that we don't necessarily need to use <laughs> when we've got kind of digital solutions. So again, we set a 50% reduction target there. So again, that was... Um, uh, 2024 goals and, and those are the, the the areas that we focused on again over the the, the 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 last kind of two years we've been been focusing on really getting the systems getting the data right um and this year we're really looking at um the different initiatives that we can can, can implement to um to to achieve those 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 2024 goals so 
in 2022, there's, there's some of the, um, the, the key activities we're, we're looking at. One is to get certification for our, our management system. So we're looking to, to go through the, the ISO certification process. Again, we want to be credi credible in, in terms of what we're saying we're doing and how we operate. Uh, and having that external uh, kind of verification of our, our management system will definitely help that. Um, and, and also um, the, the other key aspect for 2022 is looking at our, our net zero roadmap. So we've got our, our net zero roadmap up to 2030. Uh, we've been doing a lot of activities, not just on the data side, but also assessing our sites. So we've been doing energy audits, decarbonisation audits across the sites, and we're using uh, kind of the outputs from those audits to, to set kind of dedicated decarbonisation paths for the sites where we did done the audits, but also uh, take some of the principles from those to apply to some of the smaller sites or, or, or some of the other regions as well. So again, those are two big areas of focus for, for, for 2022. Busy year for you then, eh? <laughs> yes, yeah, lots to do. <laughs> it doesn't stop, does it? Um, for somebody that's just starting out, you know, there's a lot of roles coming up in sustainability. Um, where would you suggest, you know, someone starting out, should they um, be reading articles and learning and educating themselves and counting their carbon emissions, obviously? But, um, yeah, where, where should they start? I, th I think there's uh, there's a, a number of different areas. I think, um, and again, it relates to one of the areas that we're, we're focusing on um, this year at Fidelity. Um, what has stead me well in terms of uh, moving across industries um, and, and again, looking in different roles in terms of sustainability. Uh, fundamentally, the, the management system approach is that consistent that's a across all industries so I'd, I'd really encourage people to look at the the iso 14001 standard get some uh training around the standard understand how to do internal audits in relation to the standard because again that's applicable to, to to any business whatever industry um that you're in um, and, and like i said it's really um it's, it's done me well as i've moved uh between different roles and within different industries so again that'd be a really good area of focus um I think, again, everyone knows, uh, and, I, and I think you see across media, climate change is, is the biggest risk, not, not just to businesses, but also to, to, to wider society. So I'd really focus on, on that area um, and look at how uh, you could develop your career. Again, it's a big, big, big focus for, for Fidelity because we see that as our uh, our biggest environmental impact and the, the, the biggest area that we can make change both on the corporate and the investment side um and i think that's it's 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 not a, a, a kind of flash in the pan business here to stay it's a long-term program um and again we've set our, our kind of 2030 goal but that's not where we're going to be finishing looking at climate change there's still going to be areas that we need to to focus on and improve so I think those are two 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 big areas um that, that, that you can look at and and again I think um in from a kind of professional perspective join the uh the, the membership associations um they're really really good at um kind of um 
collaborating with peers on, on different topics, learning from, from each other, um, and also it gives you kind of credibility, um, like you say, being a, a chartered environmentalist, etc., uh, really, really helps you in, in moving forward in your career. Yeah. Um, just to finish, I always like to ask this question. Is there anyone in sustainability that inspires you or books people should read? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I, I, and I, actually, I've, I've um, read a book recently, which we probably covers a, a couple of those aspects. So I read a book, it's called The, the Future We Choose, um, and it was written by um, Christina... Figueres, I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> um, but she was the um, kind of the uh, chief um, kind of, uh, uh, yeah, she, she was the, the, the chief coordinator of the, 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 the Paris Agreement. So uh, again, um, I really look up to her because at the time, again, there was a lot of disagreements around climate change, who was responsible for it, obviously the the, the, the developed countries um, generated most of the historical emissions in terms of greenhouse gases, the, the developing countries were using and invested in, in kind of practices such as coal to, to, to improve their economy, and to be able to get all those different countries with all the different perspectives in terms of climate change to agree on a single goal to, to, to align to a a uh, 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 less than two degree uh, warming was a was a massive task. So so again, someone that uh, that, that that looked at to, and and the book um, kind of explains the future that we can choose. So again, we're at a point now in history where there's a number of different paths we can choose. One again where we 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 move on and we address climate change with the the urgency that's needed, and one that's not. And she reflects in the book two different scenarios in terms of what the, the, the world would look like in 2050. Um, but it also gives some really practical examples in which people can make changes now, both in their personal life, in the choices that they make, or, or also in their professional life as well. So yeah, really, really good book and very a very um, positive spin on, on the challenge, because again, we, we we do have a choice and, and every choice that we do make will will add um to to uh, an overall impact in, in terms of reducing um climate change uh but yeah 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 one one that i'd recommend sounds brilliant and yeah an amazing woman and i think the paris agreement was really you know where people started to wake up so um yeah um ben thank you so much for your time this has been brilliant and i'm sure the companies that are starting out or even if they're on their journey are going to learn so much from this so i really really appreciate your time and um thanks for joining me no it's been brilliant yeah no thanks uh, for inviting me along and it was good to speak to you sam have a good day bye <laughs>